This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. Well, for those of you that were hoping beyond hope that 2022 would be a slowing down or normalizing of life, of, let's say, getting back to normal, well, I had tried to explain that there would be no normal over the next eight years or so, because we are a civilization that is in transition. We are a nation that is in transition. And most concerning of all, mankind is in transition as well as the attempt to radicalize the Christian faith, and then transition the Christian faith, as mankind begins the Luciferian quest of creating a new God in the image of transhuman mankind. In reality, that is what the Great Reset has been used as the catalyst for, the transformation of everything into the next age, and the discontinuation of human history. It is the dawn of a new age, a new age that is basically in a seven-year birth canal. So when so many of my listeners were imploring me back in early 2021 to give them some hopeful news, I just replied, well, the good news is that everything will begin to become much clearer for those that have eyes to see and for those that have ears to hear. And of course, 2021 was the end of their hope of normalcy. As many were laid off from their jobs, as many were fired from their career positions, as they were restricted from travel and forced to take a mystery vaccine. And may I say with a broken heart, I tried to talk to many of my friends and relatives out of taking the mystery shot. And sadly, I was dismissed. I mean, what did I know? I wasn't a doctor. So in 2021, we saw an attempt at imposing continued restrictions on populations. The restrictions on movements, let's say. The restrictions on travel. The perilous situation with not having enough workers in the hospitals. Not enough workers in the service sector. And of course, all of this came down to the fact that there was resistance against taking the vaccine. And those that would not take the vaccine were then not permitted to return to work. But there were not enough workers in even supply chain positions. So there was an awakening, though, that started in 2021, more or less in late 2021. And so many of the things that I had been warning about for six or seven years prior, going back privately and in corporate business situations and in boardrooms and in private conversations going back to like 2009 and 2010 that I started warning people that something was going to be happening. But then publicly, with the beginning of Sovereign Nations, and our conversations and beginning to talk to people about things and beginning to start podcasts like Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic, as well as the causes of things. We tried to lay the groundwork for people to understand, and I wasn't going to try to be too conspiratorial about it, but just explain to people that a lot of people that are in control positions right now from all over the place, whether it be in the education sector, the political sector, the media, in arts and entertainment, and in faith People everywhere were united to help to bring us into a transitionary phase. 
But you didn't know it. You didn't know what was happening around you. Well, people started to wake up in 2021 to this. Especially at the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. And where you could see this really manifest itself in a way of someone taking an actionable resistance to it was in Canada. And millions of Canadians woke up in the beginning of 2022 to the realization that Canada had transformed into a tyrannical autocratic nation. And so the truckers of Canada came out in the freezing cold of winter in 2022. And they shut down Canada. And they demanded their freedom. After all sorts of pathetic attempts by the Trudeau administration to call the protesters Nazis, the Canadian government decided to go full Gestapo on Canadian truckers and their supporters, shutting down their bank accounts, arresting them, destroying their lives. General Secretary Trudeau would not tolerate anything but praise for his efforts to turn Canada into clean air China. But people worldwide saw what was happening. It started to make sense to them. It started to resonate deep within them. People worldwide were inspired by the brave Canadian truckers. The brave Canadian truckers and their supporters. And when you went out into the streets of Ottawa to see the supporters, it wasn't just white folks or Christian folks. It was people that were black folks, Asian folks, people that were Muslims of Arab descent. It was, as well, people that were from indigenous tribes. Together, all of them. Now, these people are supposed to be warring against each other, correct? They're supposed to be fighting against one another, but they all united to say, we want liberty and we want freedom. This message resonated throughout the world. So truckers in Italy shut down the stupid restrictions in Italy. Truckers in Germany and the Netherlands and France did the same. And the one place that really became a sore spot for the globalists was when the truckers in Israel, Palestinian truckers, Jewish truckers, and Christian truckers, all got together to shut down the restrictions in Israel. They were dancing in the streets together. They were holding hands. They were protesting together, demanding to have their liberty and their freedoms back. Well, that really got the social scientists' attention, didn't it? Because the way that the government is able to keep such a rigid police state going in Israel over the past 20 years is, well, because... Well, it's because they constantly encourage division amongst tribal and feudal groups in Israel. You could literally feel in the early days of January 2022 that the tide had shifted ever so slightly in the favor of the common man. Now, this wasn't the way that the theosophic cult of globalists had planned on things going in 2022. And now in early 2022, You have massive movements in Australia, Italy, New Zealand, and the UK, and other countries where people were demanding that their leaders step down and that their freedoms and liberties be returned. And thanks to our efforts at sovereign nations over the years, and thanks to James Lindsay's rather strategic sense of humor, Klaus Schwab, 
the founder and leader of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab had basically become the most memeable arch-villain in the history of the world. Ever. I mean, even surpassing people from the 1940s. And everyone in early 2022, finally, my gosh, it took long enough, didn't it? Finally, everybody got a clue on this. Finally, everyone had started to figure out that this entire disastrous mess that started now three years ago, well, actually, it started more than 100 years ago, but anyway, with the simulated pandemic and the stoking of fires with critical race theory and the destruction of our economy and the entire transition was being orchestrated by some goofy Bond villain types in Davos and the United Nations, people that would meet every year in different uh, conferences, let's say Bilderberg, the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, meeting in Davos, meeting in all sorts of places getting together and making sure that everybody was on track to do the same thing. We're all agreeing to do this. We're going to absolutely destroy the world and we're going to build it back. Hey, by the way, have you read your Alice Bailey devotions this morning? Yes, I read it this morning. I, my devotions to Alice Bailey and Blavatsky and so forth. Yes, we're going to destroy everything. We're going to build it back in the vision and shape of a unified world where we're in charge. So, the world leaders who had been groomed, and I mean groomed, by the World Economic Forum, Open Societies Foundations, China. Well, these world leaders, along with corporate CEOs and tech leaders, had been conspiring together to turn us into an algorithmic, technocratic, and viral communist fascist world empire. Finally, it has taken a while, hasn't it? I, I, let's just stop to reflect for a moment. I, I got to think back to 2017. I really didn't want to do this. I didn't want to start talking about these things. I didn't want to start explaining what this was all about. And I know that it's tough, and I'm sure many of you have gone through the same thing. I mean, but for me especially, to be called crazy for so many years, you know, two to three years before finally the pandemic hit, that's when people started, started to come around. But during that time that people just didn't want to listen to you while at the same time knowing that many people knew that you were saying the things that would eventually expose them. So there's danger in that. It means loss of profit, loss of reputation, all sorts of things like that. So for those of you that have gone through this process with us, maybe this is just recent to you. Maybe it's just been a couple of years for you. Understand the truth is more important than anything. And making sure that we stop this thing even if it means your reputation, is the most important thing. But you could really start to see this take hold with so many people in early 2022. You could see even people that would be classically defined as liberals start to go, wait, hold on a second, something doesn't add up here. And then you could also sense it in the interviews with Bon villain Schwab in his interviews. Klaus was nervous in 2022, very nervous. No longer did he just put his fist up to the camera and say, we're going to do this. No, now he was saying it. This is desperate. We must do this. We must stay together. Because people were starting to say, corporate leaders, world government leaders saying, you know what? I really don't want to lose my head because things are starting to fall apart. So as people everywhere who normally had all sorts of differences, you know, like I said, what was happening in Israel, let's say, what was happening in Canada, where all of a sudden you had people that were 
Jews and Muslims and Christians and in Canada, indigenous peoples and all sorts of folks from the Baha'i faith. And all of a sudden they were all together uniting against what was happening that had been encouraged for decades and planned for decades by the World Economic Forum of the United Nations. Well, this was going to be a very serious problem. This was going to be a serious problem for Klaus Schwab, for Henry Kissinger, for all sorts of folks that had been planning these things for decades. It was all starting to go off track. So when you start to see everything go off track and you're losing your grip of power and control, well, the men behind the curtain, they know what they have to do. It's time to provoke another crisis. Create another crisis. Distract the people from their unification against the World Economic Forum. Against them. And the fracture that unified everyone had to be another scapegoat. So just as the World Economic Forum was about to lose its grip, a war with Russia and Ukraine began. Like, all of a sudden. You didn't hear another peep about the massive crowds demanding that their World Economic Forum connected leaders step down. Do you remember that? Back in early 2022, when there were all of the folks that had been young global leaders and World Economic Forum leaders, the calls everywhere, even with the restrictions on Twitter and everywhere else, were that they needed to step down. We needed to get rid of them. Well, when this new crisis started and everybody's focus became on making sure that they defeated Russia, all of that talk immediately stopped. Even now where Vladimir Zelensky is saying, hey, I can't wait to go to the next World Economic Forum meeting and boy, BlackRock's going to be the thing that bails us out. So now... We're going to move on to a new phase. Chapter one of what happened with COVID needed to start to get faded out for the new feature presentation starring President Vladimir Zelensky in the role of his lifetime. The Russia-Ukraine war. And Ukraine, of course, was completely innocent. This was an act of aggression by Vladimir Putin. And Ukraine's borders, their sovereign borders, must be defended. And now you could not think about anything else for several months. You couldn't watch TV. You couldn't listen to the radio, surf social media, without the understanding that the only thing that you could think about now was Ukraine and Russia. With propaganda piece after propaganda piece being pushed on everyone all over the world about Russia destroying Ukraine. And you had the incredible Hollywood-styled photo ops of President Zelensky going into battle. You had the glossy photos of the beautiful Ukrainian woman going to war against the pig Russians. You had the same Ukrainian actress. Remember her? She had her head partially shaved, always with her baby whenever she was being interviewed on TV, always being interviewed on all the channels everywhere about how horrible things were. Somehow, they were able to get an HD camera in to 
capture her perfectly in all these situations. It was a blockbuster movie kind of war. And one thing you had to know for certain, I mean, skip all the details, is that you had to hate Russia. You had to despise Russia. You had to hate Vladimir Putin. You had to fall down and worship the image of President Zelensky. You had to sacrifice everything back home here in the United States. You had to sacrifice in the way of watching the price of gas explode. You had to basically devalue your currency. You had to put at the altar of Vladimir Zelensky your precious economy. You had to sacrifice them all at the altar of President Zelensky. And of course, you were reminded 40 times a day that Zelensky was our present-day Winston Churchill. And you had to fly the Ukrainian flag everywhere. And billboards across the United States had to signal their support for Ukraine. What do you think doing these ice bucket challenges and everything else were over the past eight years? It was to get you in a rhythm. And so now you have to have your Ukrainian flag in your bio. It was almost like we were having a Ukrainian pandemic. Or that Ukraine was playing the role of George Floyd and Vladimir Putin was the Minnesota cop. It was that kind of reflexive energy. And all of a sudden, you kind of forgot about the evil people at the World Economic Forum who were trying to destroy your life. Man, that was so yesterday. It was all yellow and blue now. 24-7. And while this was going on, the Biden administration and the Republican and Democrats started shoveling billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine while Americans were suffering, while Americans were trying to recover from 2020 and 2021 as the price of gasoline exploded, going up to $7 a gallon in California, which meant that everything else in America was going up in price. And we began to enter a cycle of almost hyperinflation. And so when people were shopping in their grocery stores in their blue and yellow Ukraine-supporting sweatshirts, they discovered that the price of eggs had gone up by 100%. The price of milk had gone up 120%. The price of gas had gone up 60%. So basically, the average person was now taking, on average, about a 30% pay cut, some up to 50%. Because everyone began to cut back. And as they cut back because of the prices, demand lagged. And as demand lagged, production lagged. And so prices continued to rise. Do you see how this works? So at the same time, as people were not able to find suitable work to replace the jobs that they had lost in 2020 and 2021 due to being mandated to take the vaccine, well, those same people were unable to pay their bills. They were unable to continue to make their loan payments. Housing being quite available all of a sudden. And as the exodus began from California, Washington, New York, Pennsylvania, towards Florida, Texas, and South Carolina, housing prices and housing values took a huge hit through most of the nation after their crazy, insane highs of 2020. So overall, people in lower middle class and middle class families began to really feel the pain of a downward spiraling economy. And at the same time, in 2022, millions of unvetted people from nations all over the world poured through our southern borders and into the rest of the United States. Some estimates registered approximately 2.3 million people came through our border process. 
But that doesn't count the gotaways. And by that, I mean those that evaded the Border Patrol and continued on to wherever they wanted to go in the United States. So combined estimates have been between, and they're estimates because we really don't know how many people really came into the United States unvetted and unchecked. But the estimates could be between 3 million to as many as 5 million unknown people came into the United States and are financially supported by you, the taxpayer. And many of these people are schooling their children at our taxpayer-funded schools. They are using our federally subsidized medical care. They are taking many of the low-wage and operational jobs throughout the nation. They are changing the demographics of key areas. And as I said before this past year, this is critical immigration praxis, the destruction of the e pluribus unum melting pot that was the United States of America and creating the new ethnically oriented affinity groups that will eventually demand entitlements and favor status in America with the hopes of calling for a revolution in the new future. And again, my abuela and abuelo and my father were from Cuba. Don't forget that. My wife's family is from China. But we came here for the opportunities and liberties that the nation had to offer. And each of my family members took this opportunity very seriously, and we did it legally. But if we stay on pace with, let's say, 5 million never-known-before-arriving people per year from the beginning of the Biden administration let's say, in early 2021, well, how many people is that by 2028? Do the math. That's over 40 million people, possibly more. So in eight years at this pace, we will have brought into the United States an entire nation of people that we don't even know who they are that is equal to the population of Saudi Arabia. No kidding. Or how about Canada? Maybe you haven't thought about our current situation from that perspective. But thankfully, many people are. And in voting booths in 2022, mostly red states, Congress will have a different look in 2023. Because we have a red House of Representatives that was voted in during 2022. Leading the way is the woman who became my candidate through all sorts of weird ways in 2022, Anna Paulina Luna, who will represent District 13 in Florida, the most densely populated region of Florida. But we now have a chance for a needed political and policy pushback. And we are at the point of no compromise. It's not Mitch McConnell's way anymore. We can't do things that way. And you know, it's weird about how there was chaos in elections all over the nation, but we really didn't have that here in sunny Florida. In Florida, where Ron DeSantis created an election police force, and where our voting and counting was done in one day. We didn't have those issues here in Florida. But if we shift our eyes geopolitically, across the Atlantic, across the pond, something else happened. Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister, resigned. The pressure was too great for this phony conservative to keep going. After locking up his entire nation because of COVID for almost two years, well, 
Then he had photos and movies go public from his former staff where old Boris was partying with a bunch of folks that were more than happy to party with him that were part of his staff. While the people of the United Kingdom suffered. While the people of the United Kingdom lost their businesses. While a continued surge of migrants was coming into the United Kingdom every day. Nigel Farage reported on that. And so first, Boris removed mask mandates for travel. And then in embarrassment, he eventually resigned. Well, they rejected really any of the staunch conservatives to be conservative representatives for prime minister. So then Liz Truss came in for a few days as prime minister. And actually, she did things against what her normal nature would be. And so Liz Truss was quickly ushered out when she tried to revive oil and gas drilling in the United Kingdom. And then all of a sudden, Rishi Sunak became UK's third prime minister of 2022. And immediately, Sunak ended gas and oil drilling once again. And right away, Sunak started pushing hard for central bank digital currencies for the United Kingdom. And this will be an end for all individual freedom in the UK. And the same would be happening in the United States. And as a matter of fact, all over the world. Something else happened, though. The warnings that we have been trying to provide to everyone from years and years now about ESG finally began to be picked up by the right people. And an anti-ESG movement had started. So one possible road to a social credit system was being attacked. But we really need to put some more teeth into it. More or less like what we had gone through both with critical race theory and as well with COVID. More or less like another awareness of happening. Now when I say COVID, something else was really happening too. People started to notice. And restricting social media wouldn't really help at this point. Healthy young people in their teens, 20s, 30s, and 40s started dropping like flies. And by this, I mean young, healthy people started dying of heart issues left and right. All over the place. Everywhere. Young athletes. Young business people. Regular young people out for a walk. Dying. Suddenly. Strange thing is, all of these people followed the mandates on getting shots during the previous year. And this information started going wildly public. All over the place. There really was no containing this anymore. And people started to doubt the reasons why they were told to take the mystery potion in the first place. And then the big news broke. That would change a lot of this. And provide the aha, I knew it all along moment. Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter. And Musk went from hero of the electric vehicle, which all the environmentalists love, to a villain overnight. 
No one, especially no one from the other tech companies and no one from the mass media, no one from the Democrats and no one from the federal intelligence agencies wanted Elon to buy Twitter and delay after delay happened through the spring and summer. But eventually Musk bought Twitter. And then Musk began to expose what had happened with the federal government controlling content on Twitter over the past several years, controlling the narratives on Twitter regarding COVID, vaccines, Donald Trump, the 2020 election, Hunter Biden's laptop. (sighs) Yes, there was direct FBI, Biden administration, and CIA intervention happening in social media into controlling the information from a private company with private individuals and news organizations reporting facts but then silencing them, deplatforming them, including our friend James Lindsay. Heck, I was put in Twitter jail, Facebook jail for, for several days for these things. Some of our episodes have been removed off of YouTube. All for the sake of a progressive, fake, tyrannical, totalitarian message a new narrative. And so in 2022, people started to realize that they had been lied to constantly about all sorts of things for the past four years. Even to the point where a president of the United States, a sitting president of the United States, was deplatformed. And many people have now, obviously in 2022, started to realize that this wasn't just Twitter. So now, people are doubting everything. But something else happened in faith. After the past five, six years, even going back ten years, of trying to explain what Big Eva and all of the current leaders in evangelicalism, as well as in the other faiths too, have been pushing in critical race theory, trying to push people into a critical consciousness, bringing in standpoint epistemology, which I had coined standpoint hermeneutics and evangelicalism. Well, all of a sudden that slowed down, started to quiet. Almost like, you know, what happened with the Canadian truckers and so forth. And then all of a sudden you had Ukraine. So the narrative was shifted. Well, something else was happening in faith. Everyone basically accepted that the woke were here to stay in Big Eva or that we're just going to move on and, well, yeah, let's do something else. In other words, in the SBC, the PCA, and other large evangelical seminaries where all of this had happened and that none of the men who attempted to delude the body of Christ into infusing Marxism into the Christian faith would ever be held responsible. In other words, men like Moeller, Duncan, Dever, Aiken, Keller, no, it would be time to just move along And don't worry about the cancer that's still in the body. Because it won't spread now. Because we have the new narrative. Yes! It had to be about something else new now. Kind of like when all the truckers, I was saying before, were protesting against the tyrants across the globe and then switched the narrative to Ukraine. Yeah, they had to create a new thing for those that were anti-woke in the church to champion for. Christian nationalism. So, along with the radical subjectivist, Rioram Hazoni, and with the Wizard of Christian Wokeism, Al Mohler, they have now gone all in on Christian nationalism, even Al Mohler. So Al Mohler has stopped talking about 
how we have systemic oppression and has stopped hiring all the woke folks to come in and teach New Testament for him or to be the dean of his students or whatever the case may be. No, now Al's a Christian nationalist. And this isn't Christian nationalism in the way most of you are thinking. It's not just, hey, we really want to evangelize the lost and bring the gospel of Christ to our nation. That's probably what you're thinking is. <laughs> That's child play for the leaders of this movement. Nope. They want to go full on will to power. Let's get rid of the First Amendment. Let's put in blasphemy laws. Let's create a Christian Chaz autonomous zone. Let's get rid of inalienable rights. Let's restrict religious freedom. Kind of Christian nationalism. Totalitarian Christian nationalism. The kind of Christian nationalism that I have been vocally rejecting for 10 years because it is the ugly thing that the social scientists created a decade ago that I was quite aware of. They created a decade ago to try to pin on people who were conservative. It is an active measure. And I explained what an active measure was in a recent episode. You might want to go back and listen to that. But good people are falling into the trap. And we're going to get back to this in a later episode. But this is important. But along with this is the movement of national conservatism, which is accompanied by guys like Josh Hammer, who are stating that we need to have a conservative national workers' party. Which would make you say, wait, what? What? Because it was the Nazis who called for a national workers' party. Yeah, now you get it. Because all of a sudden, there's this huge wave of anti-Semitism that's coming in with this, along with all the other talking points that are framing these people up so easily and so quickly. And people are gobbling it up because they just don't have much of a grasp on history and what's being done to them. And after all of the warnings that I have given over the past six years, and after all the manipulation that faith groups have endured over the past 10 years, you would think that these people would stop, pause, and say, quote, hey, let's sit this one out for a bit. Something doesn't smell right. Kind of sounds like what Michael Fallon was telling us about about 10 years ago. But no, that's not what's happening. And during all of this noise, other things that I've been warning about on my podcast and speeches are now becoming apparent. So don't forget this. What are the things that I have warned about, even over just my podcast and my speeches over the past several years that are now coming to fruition? Well, first of all, you can see that our auto industry is in disrupt and dismantle mode. It's self-disrupt and dismantle mode. First, to eliminate gas-powered cars altogether to eliminate the oil industry, to eliminate personal ownership and volitional travel, to replace transportation through services like Waymo, which is BlackRock, by the way. And I was called a conspiracy theorist when I warned everyone about this two years ago. And it's one thing if authoritarian governments control your transportation, you know? That's one thing. And it is completely restricted if those governments control your money. But now, they aren't even trying to hide it anymore. The corporate government fascist system is trying to control your access to food. In particular, those that are in Europe as the Netherlands farming system is being dismantled. As the breadbasket of Europe, Ukraine, is being withheld. Because we're transitioning from a world where peace was preferred, where conflict was avoided, to a world where in 2022, 
where the President of the United States and idiots like Lindsey Graham began to start talking out loud about wanting a nuclear conflict with Russia. Right. They were saying the unthinkable. So we are now transitioning into an age where chaos will be the norm. As the attempt to destroy the old world order becomes real, and it's happening in real time, where you can't just trust anything that's being told to you from the media, from your doctors, or from even pastors and leaders in your denominations, where you must test everything. It is the time of discernment in the age of tribulation. And in our next show, we will look forward to 2023 and provide you with the information that you need to survive and strategize for what is coming. I need you to be prepared. We must do this together because we must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic.